Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, looking forward to today's episode. It's actually going to be uh, a, a bit of a, of a response to a little bit of, of pushback. Not, not Nothing major, nothing, nothing too intense, because we wouldn't want to uh, upset the apple cart too much. <laughs> no, but I, actually, I do really appreciate this pushback because he, the, the person who wrote this article makes a really good point. And um, I actually got a couple of notifications. I'm sorry, not, not notifications. What am I talking about? Social media is taking over my brain. Um, emails, messages um, regarding similar topics. And also, we get to uh, bring in uh, my favorite person in the United States, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I got to be honest with you, I'm going to defend her a little bit. I'm going to defend her a little bit, so stay tuned for that. First thing I want to say, though, is uh, thank you all to the so many, many people that have reached out to me to encourage me, to support me, to um, just many kind words have, have been have been said over the interwe- interwebs. I'll say that word. Why do I? I don't even know why I just used that word. I, it's a word I don't use. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the internet. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for the support. I also want to say, hey, if you have not considered becoming a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member, this is the time to do it. Use the show code ROBLES, R-O-B-L-E-S. Use the show code ROBLES, R-O-B-L-E-S, and get access to all kinds of special club content. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. You get discounts on merchandise and get to be you know, you know part of, of what I think is a very important uh, network of podcasts and, and media. Um, you know, to be honest, you know, the, the situation that I find myself in right now there's no reason that it needs to be. We, we, we should be able to fight, laugh, and feast together, even when we disagree strongly. We should be able to do those things because Christians, above anybody, uh, needs to understand that criticism and iron sharpening iron, these are things that are real and important. Um, and, you know, here's the thing about iron sharpening iron. It's, it's, not, it's not like a gentle process. You know what I mean? Like, their sparks will fly. It's kind of a violent process even when you think about it. And I'm not talking about insulting people. Look, iron sharpening iron doesn't give you a good reason to insult somebody uh, inappropriately or to lie about them, for example. Um, but uh, it does kind of require some sometimes rebuke, sometimes some harsh words, sometimes strong language. Um, and we can't be afraid of that. We can't be afraid of that. I know the culture is afraid of that it's in many ways. They'll try to silence that kind of thing. Um, but Christians ought to be above that. They really should. And the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network is, I think, striking a really, really careful but important balance there. Where they have harsh words for a lot of things and a lot of people. But they do it in a respectful way and hopefully a careful way. So I would recommend joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. But let's get into the topic today. Um, a lot of people were criticizing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, a couple weeks ago because of a video that that came up where she was at like an Al Sharpton event and her accent, the way she spoke, was slightly different. And, you know, I think I think some of that f- criticism was a little bit unfair. Let me let me show you what I mean. What organizing looks like. This is what Bill- Believe it or not, this is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You've never heard her speak this way. Let's continue. Building power looks like this is what changing the country looks like. It's when we choose to show up and occupy the room and talk about the things that matter most, talking about our future. 
You know, I, Reverend, you bring up a, a funny anecdote, and I'm proud to be a bartender. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Life would be a lot more difficult if there weren't bartenders out there. <laughs> you know, and if you and, and if you haven't seen the video of this, watch the video of it. You'll see that even her mannerisms change a little bit. She like slaps her hands together. You know, she she's kind of pointing. She's you know she's not she doesn't look angry or anything, but like she definitely looks very serious. And I've seen this 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 um, this kind of uh, a presentation before. I've seen this kind of. Uh, accent. I've heard this kind of accent many times in my entire life. In fact, any single time that I did something bad as a kid, I saw Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's whole situation through my mom. <laughs> There's only one thing missing. She needs to get a she needs to get a slipper in her hand so she can slap you with a chancleta. <laughs> that means chancleta means slipper. And Hispanic families are are known for uh, for you know they don't use the rod they use the chancleta if you know what i mean but anyway so so a lot of people were mocking her about this and, and it, it is a little cringy well, let's just be honest it's a little cringy because it's just so different than how she normally talks it's so different for how she normally does things but i'm going to defend her a little bit because this is something that people call code switching they call it code switching so based on her audience she will speak using different words maybe different mannerisms in this case a different accent and i I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with this, and I do this from time to time. There are a handful of videos that you could find. I'm not going to tell you which ones they are, but there are a handful of videos where this kind of a thing comes out with me. I, in fact, I got some comments that said, hey, man, the street came out a little bit in that video, and that's true. Um, there are a handful of videos where the topic is intense, and I'm you know, rebuking someone, and sort of a little bit of street comes out. And, and that's, you know, look, this is, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. You know, I don't think there's anything f necessarily fake about this. Now, there could be, there could be. Like, if it comes out that, you know, AOC really came up, you know, growing up in a white neighborhood and things like that, and she's intentionally putting this on, you know, okay, I could see how you might think that's fake. But, but the reality is that I, if you were to, you know, come to hang out with me, with my family, like at a family gathering, like, in, you know, maybe a family reunion or something like that, or a funeral, because, you know, I've been to some funerals with my family as well, you're going to hear me speak differently than I would if you were in the room when I was, you know, in a CEO's office with a company that I wanted to do business with. Or if I was in a church speaking to to church folks, I'm going to use different words. I'm going to use different languages, and um, and the reality is that you want to be understood, right? You want to, you know, use mannerisms and you want to use words and you know just phrases that are going to be convincing. They're going to get your point across. And AOC, for whatever reason, thought that this kind of a presentation would be more convincing for this audience. And maybe she's right, maybe she's wrong. That's that's not really the point. The point is, though, that I don't really see anything wrong with this. It's, it's a little cringy, but there's nothing really wrong with it. Um, and again, you would see the same thing if you, if you came to, to, to one of my family functions. I would be speaking differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, this is relevant. This is relevant because I got a couple of messages kind of about the same things. I'm going to read you a blog post that somebody wrote. I did not uh, talk to this guy about doing this, you know, this, this public video, so I'm not going to name him. But anyway, he, this is a direct response to, to one of my videos. And so I'm going to read it, and um, we're going to talk about it. 
Here's what it says. It says, Eddie Robles is a vlogger and a former pastor in Vermont who is known for voicing concerns over the social justice movement. That's true. In a video from a couple months ago, I think, he mentioned the idea of a kind of affirmative action in church searches that a congregation might seek out a person of a particular ethnicity or give preference to a person of a particular ethnicity in choosing a pastor or elder. Robles st spoke strongly against this, declaring that such a consideration is adding to the biblical qualifications for elder, undermining the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. When I first saw the video, I thought Robles was making a compelling point. I certainly desire to be fully committed to the sufficiency of Scripture. At a previous church many years ago, I was on a pastor search committee, and I've seen how God dishonoring the process of selecting a pastor can be once we stray away from the biblical model for choosing leadership. Let me stop and step out of the article there. I've seen that too. I've seen that too. And it had nothing to do with ethnicity or race, but I've seen that process just go crazy. Um, and so this is an important thing. I'm glad that this author recognizes recognizes the importance of this. Um so let's get back to the article. He says, however, on further consideration, I think I disagree with Robles. Ethnicity or cultural considerations that go beyond the bare requirements for church officers as found in scripture might sometimes be a factor that a congregation would be wise to consider in choosing someone for a particular church office or role. Scriptural examples that lead to this conclusion may be seen in the Jerusalem church's appointment of the original seven deacons in Paul's choice and in Paul's choice and circumcision of Timothy versus his later choice and refusal to circumcise Titus. So, so he's saying that ethnicity or cultural considerations might be something you should consider when you're selecting a pastor. And he's going to cite two passages, and, and these are the two, one, the two passages that most people would cite. These are very, very common to cite, and I think, I, I mean, I understand why. These are important passages to understand, and I've thought about them very much. So here's the two passages. The first one is Acts 6. In Acts 6, he says, the Jerusalem church appointed seven men to serve the congregation so that the apostles could remain focused on prayer and ministering the word. The occasion of choosing these men was that the widows among the Hellenistic Jews, Jews from a Greek cultural background, were being neglected in the distribution of food to the poor. As most commentators note, the names of the seven men who were chosen indicate that they themselves were Hellenistic Jews. Given the likely dynamics of the Jerusalem church, it's hard to believe that the ethnic identity of the seven was merely a coincidence. Instead, it seems like the congregation thought it wise due to a particular circumstance to choose Hellenistic Jews in particular. Very interesting. Then he goes on, he says, in Acts 16, as Paul was about to take Timothy on a missionary journey, he circumcised Timothy. On this missionary trip, Paul was emphasizing Timothy's Jewish background, though... I'm sorry, through Timothy's mother, rather than his Greek background through Timothy's father. Paul was apparently motivated to do, the, to do this due to his ministry, missionary strategy, I'm sorry, at the time in which he was often visiting synagogues or other Jewish places of worship. And later, when Paul's ministry was being conducted more among the Gentiles, he had Titus, a Greek man, with him, and Titus was not compelled to be circumcised. Now, nobody would be saying that being a Hellenistic Jew is a qualification for being a deacon. Obviously, a person's Jewish or Greek status or any other ethnic status does not generally qualify or disqualify that person from being a missionary. However, it does seem like the New Testament offers examples of wisely taking ethnicity into account in specific ministry contexts. If this is correct, then, in a particular situation, a congregation might decide 
it wise to take ethnicity into account in choosing a pastor without necessarily violating the doctrine of the sufficiency of Scripture. Okay, now that's the end of the article. And let me just start out by saying I don't disagree. Okay, I, I actually don't disagree with the main thrust of this article. Now, I don't know if I necessarily agree with his application and his conclusion, but the article itself is 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 correct. I think that there are you could imagine situations where ethnicity or cultural considerations might be a good idea to consider. Okay, you you understand what I'm saying? So so I don't disagree with this necessarily, and I think the two verses that he brings up are critical here. So the first one, you know, the Hellenistic Jews, right? There was a problem that they needed to solve. There was a problem that they needed to solve. And what 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 you'll what you'll notice is when they identify the problem, they actually tell you what the solution is. They want them so in Acts 6, they say here's who you need to you need to appoint certain men and it is men by the way. <laughs> let's see, let's get that straight. We want to need to appoint certain men, and here are the qualifications that we're looking for. And if you notice, ethnicity is not mentioned. But he's right. We'd be foolish to think that that you know, they just randomly chose um, these men, um, and they were all just happened to be Hellenistic Jews, right? <laughs> I think we'd be foolish to do that. So, in in a sense, they they did consider that, but that was by far not the main qualifications. They wanted certain things. They needed to be men of good repute. They needed to, to, to fear God, all these things, you know? I don't, I don't have the, the, the passage in front of me, so I don't know exactly what the qualifications are. But, um, but the Holy Spirit, you know, through the through working through the congregation, selected these particular men. And it was to solve a particular problem in the church. The Hellenistic uh, Jews were being neglected, they didn't just say they were being neglected. They actually were being neglected. So there was a specific problem, and they wanted to solve it a specific way. And there you go. That's what they did. Okay, so so, so this was, I think this was a pretty good point to bring up. But if you notice, ethnicity is not added to the qualifications. There are specific qualifications that they say they're, they're, um, they're, they're bringing up. And guess what? If these men weren't qualified in those ways, they would not have been chosen. Do you see what I'm saying? Acts 16, you know, it's a little bit different because it's talking about, you know, you know, circumcision and things like that. It's relevant, but not at, not so much, not so much, because again, this is a specific problem that Paul was trying to solve, and he solves it in a certain way, but he does not add to the qualifications or the disqualifications for elder, right? He just doesn't do it, and so I think that you know you could imagine some examples of where it might be an a good idea to take the ethnicity into account so in other words let's say somebody wanted to send missionaries to puerto rico right missionaries to puerto rico it might be wise to send a puerto rican there doesn't mean you have to but it might be wise to do it because they're going to know a little bit more about the culture they're going to uh, they're not going to have to do the work of figuring out the culture and learning the language and learning the customs and all of these things like there's so much more effort that needs to go into it and if you're being wise about your resources and you have a qualified Puerto Rican there and and and, and all of that um, then it makes sense you know why why wouldn't you do that why wouldn't you do that i have no problem with that but where I do have a problem is when, you know, you don't actually have a specific issue. Um, so, so if there's no if there's no issue that's being solved, then that's when I have a problem with it. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so for example, like the biggest, the, the I think the video he's referring to in this in this 
blog is my Matt Chandler video because he's the one who kind of emphasized this affirmative action kind of policy, right? So he wanted to hire a black pastor. He was intentionally looking for a black pastor. Why? He doesn't really say so much, but but here's the thing. So there would have to be a really good reason to, to want to do that. And in fact, he, he, he wanted to do it so bad that he would take a less qualified black uh, over a, a, a higher qualified white. And what's interesting about that is it, it's, it's, it's very, it's like the bigotry of low expectations, right? Like why, if you want to hire a black guy, then hire a qualified black guy. Why do you have to settle for a less qualified black guy? And it turns out, I, I'm pretty sure he ended up hiring a white guy. So even lowering the bar, he couldn't find a black pastor. I mean, this is just, it's just, it's just so racist to be perfectly honest. But anyway, um, so what would be the, the problem that he would be solving, right? By, by, by doing affirmative action hiring. Because affirmative action means that you're trying, essentially the idea behind it is that you're trying to redress a wrong from the past. And if you look at the, the two uh, passages from Acts, there's a wrong that has happened, an objective wrong, Nobody denies it. It's wrong. If you look at the second passage in Acts that he, he talks about, there's a specific thing going on here. There's a specific theology, specific actions that Paul is trying to address, specific problems that he's trying to address. Okay, and so he does it in this kind of a way. So what would be the wrong? In, in like, let's just say Matt Chandler's church. He's trying to hire a black guy uh, through some kind of affirmative action hiring practice. What would be the wrong? Was Matt Chandler's church? Um, not hiring blacks because they were black? Has his church been racist in the past by not hiring blacks? Because if that's the case, and he's, gone, he's, he's been racist for, for, for years, um, number one, he probably shouldn't be a pastor anymore. <laughs> number two, um, then we should really know that, that that's the problem he's aiming to solve. But I don't think that's really what it is. It's more about optics, what looks good. Because here's the thing, it's, there's no cultural considerations here because he, he, you know, Matt Chandler in that very same speech said that his church is a white church, majority white. So what cultural considerations could be at play that he needs to hire a black guy for his white church? Now, here's the other thing too, and, and, and this article doesn't mention this, right? But, but would the same thing work in reverse? So are we going to show partiality here or not? Because what if, what if a white pastor said, hey, we need to hire another pastor for our church. It's growing so much. We need another person. And I've got a white church. And so I'd like to hire a white guy, a white pastor. And I want to hire a white pastor so much so that I'll hire a less qualified white than a better qualified black. Would that work in reverse? And again, I'm not putting this on the author of that blog because he doesn't mention this at all. So, so I think the point, though, is, is, is what, what, what are your goals? Are your goals godly? Because I think Paul's goals were godly when he, when he brought T Timothy and Titus and all of these things. He was trying to be all things to all people, right? That's a, that's, that makes sense to me. Um, and I think in, in, in Acts 6, the, the goal was also godly. He, he wanted not only for the Hellenistic Jews to, to get their problems solved, that he didn't want them to be ignored anymore, but he wanted to do it so bad, so much that the people, the, the, the apostles wanted to do it so much so they didn't want to leave anything to chance. Let's get some Hellenistic people that are qualified. And again, ethnicity is not part of those qualifications. So let's just make sure to point that out again to make sure that this happens, to make sure that this happens. And I think it's very important to note that that was ethnicity was not part of the qualifications because here's the reality. Here's the reality. 
whether these passages excuse me whether these passages allow for you to consider ethnicity or not the point is that the qualifications never change you do not go out and say okay here's what we're gonna do here's my qualifications but if they're black you can scale back a little bit on those qualifications that's a big problem that's a big problem so even though you know and 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 the reason i started with aoc is because you know this code switching thing this is this is uh, definitely one of those kinds of considerations that you would probably want to take into account because if someone can't speak the code to the people you're trying to reach or the people you're trying to reach out to, you know to help or whatever it is or to preach the gospel to then might as well you know be a clanging gong <laughs> you know what i mean i mean who, who if you can't be understood then then but 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 again so even though it might be beneficial to hire a Puerto Rican missionary to go to Puerto Rico because he knows the culture, he still better meet those qualifications. And you still better not scale back on those qualifications just because he's Puerto Rican, because that will, that will definitely lead to disaster. You know, a white man can, uh, can learn the Puerto Rican culture. A white man can be effective in the Puerto Rican culture, even if he, if he has to work at it. So the qualifications are what really matters. Anyway, uh, that's today's episode. I hope this was helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.